I'm pretty sure this is the part where the music cuts out, and I go, hey. Hey everyone, welcome to the TryGames.net. Pete is awesome podcast. Um, I am here joined by nobody. This is a solo cast, and um, yeah, I don't know. Austin's off watching, I think some twenty-four marathon or something, and Al's off, you know, being all hairy or something. Isn't that the joke Austin would make because he's got dreadlocks or something? I don't know. Comedy, anyway. Um, Austin wants me to edit this shit, but I'm gonna just try to ramble as much as possible because editing is the suck. And I remember having to do that stuff for Game Slays Radio. And while I did enjoy it, um, it's not really a lot of fun, especially when it's not your podcast. So I'm just going to talk. Um, so originally, oh, I got a bevy of uh, of snacks and drinks in front of me. Um, you know, I, I think it's been a, a staple of mine to be eating food on the podcast as of recently. So I brought back the classics like uh, carrots from last week. Um, which I should eat these soon because they're starting to look a little grody. Uh, and I got some candy hearts, and uh, this time I got some peanut M&Ms. The uh, hearts and M&Ms are Valentine things, obviously, and uh, I got them because Valentine's Day is over, and they were 50% off because, you know, people didn't buy up all the chocolate. Uh, I also got some water, but even better than that, I got some beer. Got a nice Sam Adams Boston Lager sitting in front of me, so we're going to make this a great show. Um Originally, I was planning on making this a Minecraft episode. I was going to like just buy and play Minecraft for the very first time. Um, I've never really seen it played before, uh, and I've only ever seen one YouTube video of it. But then I decided that even though fifteen dollars isn't a lot for the game, um, my there's two concerns for me. One, obviously, is that I'm insane and it's not in Steam, so you know how I feel about that. If you've been listening to the show. Um, the other thing is that uh, since I've been trying to focus a lot on my writing lately, buying a game that could potentially like suck up a lot of time is probably not a good idea. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, going to pass on that and just figure out something else to do or talk about during this episode. Uh, it'll probably be a shorter episode, so we'll see how it goes. Okay, so I think this is the part where we say, what have we been playing? Let's start it right off with me. Um, not a lot. Yeah. Okay, uh, so obviously I'm sure I played some Super Meat Boy in the last week because I'm always playing that game, which, you know, I was thinking about this. I find it really funny that as someone who claims to really be into story and games and things like that, that some of my favorite games, the games that I put as the like my all-time favorite, have really little or no story. I mean, Super Meat Boy might be my favorite game of all time at this point, um, and... You know, there really is no story present there. It's all about gameplay. And it's, the gameplay is just so tight. It's amazing, you know? Uh, tight gameplay. Woo! Anyway, um, I should probably eat something. Let's get started on this candy. Let's get some candy hearts up in my face. Yeah. These are Brock's candy hearts again. Because um, that was what the store had. Um, so, I'm going to some candy hearts. And I'm going to keep talking. So, yeah. Um, Super Meat Boy. Good game. No, but my point was that, like, you know, games like Super Meat Boy, N+, Trials HD, uh, you know, um, what else is there? Uh, Audio Surf, uh, and there's a Limbo. These are games that, like, I mean, Limbo is a little bit different, but mostly, most, for, mo the, for the most part, these games really don't have a story. Um, they're really, they're, their main thing is their gameplay mechanics and, like, just... Uh, just the enjoyment of playing the game. 
And, you know, I'm always on this show decrying how I am like, I'm all about story and like, you know, story is most important to me. And that is true. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love games with story, obviously. I mean, like, again, grew up on point and click adventures and, you know, very fond memories and of like the Space Quest series and Police Quest and, you know, uh, Longest Journey and things like that. And, uh, oh, Maniac Mansion, uh, Zach McCracken is probably my favorite, like, point and click adventure of all time. Um, and these things are all like very fond memories for me, like great games in my opinion. But I'm like, I'm wondering if a lot of my stories, like my love for story is just like nostalgia based because, you know, like over the past couple of years, I've really been drawn to these short, like arcade style games, stuff that in the past, you know, like I liked Mega Man, I liked Mario Brothers and, you know, I like games like that, but I would never have really consider them my like favorite games or games that I was obsessed with because I was obsessed with games that like were story and adventure games back then. And now these are the games I'm obsessed with. So I don't know. I just find that really interesting about myself. Uh, what about you guys? Um, not Austin and Al. I mean, the audience that might be listening, uh, although Austin and Al may listen to this. I don't know. I mean, how do you guys feel about that? Have your like tastes in gaming changed and you may not have realized it? Um, like, yeah, I mean, what, 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 what's up with that? Write in mailbag at trygames.net. Um, so, uh, yeah, what was I saying? Oh, stuff I've been playing. Um, let me look on my Steam page and see if it says anything because I don't think I've played anything really recently. Oh, Dead Space. Did I talk about that last week? When did I play that? I think I played it after we recorded last week. So I barely put in an hour <laughs> into Dead Space. Um, it's definitely a game I'm going to... I think I played it like twice during the day. I played it like right after we recorded and then I think I took a nap and then I like got them and played a little bit more. But I definitely found that that's a game that I'm going to have to play in short, small bursts. Um not just because of the tension and because I'm a wuss and certain things scare me. And Dead Space isn't really terrifying or scary. It does the Doom thing, you know, where it's like monster closets and, you know, jump scares. And, you know, I hate movies that do this too. Like, like it's such a cheap tactic. Like, to just have something jump out at you and like, like scream or, you know, make a loud noise or whatever. It's like, it's not really scary. I will give Dead Space credit though because it does have a great atmosphere. Um... The whole derelict, you know, uh, space station, whatever it is that you're on, you know, it sounds very like doom like or whatever. Uh, but they present this, the uh, the environment in a really good and I'd say believable way. Um, uh, so, yeah, I really like that. I don't like the third person camera. Uh, you know, Austin's always talking about hating touchscreen games because his finger blocks the screen. You know what he's meant. Basically, his intention is that he, it's blocking what he's meant to be seeing. Well, in Dead Space. I, the character Isaac, I feel he's blocking the screen. He is blocking what I'm meant to be seeing. And I think I would like this game a lot better if it was a first-person game. But then it wouldn't be, you know, survival horror. I'm doing air quotes. Uh, so I guess that, like, you know, that fa- the fact that you're losing a lot of screen real estate to the back of this guy uh, is, uh, you know, meant to add to the fear or whatever, you know. Uh, oh, I can't see what's off to my left, so it's more scary over there. I don't know. Um, and I don't like the controls, but then again, okay, I'm playing it on the PC. I'm using an Xbox 360 controller to play it with, uh, but I feel like the controls are, it's real easy to go with the, when you're turning around, it's real easy to go from a smooth, slow turn to snapping right into like a fast turn. So like, you know, it's, you lose a lot of accuracy if you need to get something that's like in, I don't know, I don't want to call it the dead zone, um, but like, 
the area where it, like it snaps over um to like from that like slow accurate movement to really fast um and you know if i was playing with a mouse maybe it wouldn't be doing that but i was trying to i wanted to test something which i haven't done before since i built my new pc back in last november or whatever it was uh I have it hooked up to my TV, but all I've really used that for is watching like Hulu or things like that on my TV as opposed to sitting at my desk and watching it on my monitor. Um, but when I'm playing games, I'm playing it on the monitor. Um, so I wanted to see how it would work if, you know, like I, you know, have this nice, awesome PC and if it could output to my TV very well so I could play games with a controller from my PC but on my TV. Um, and it worked great. I mean, totally looked fine, like, you know, it looked as good on my TV as it did on my monitor. Um, and, uh, yeah, like I was able to sit down and play with the Xbox 360 controller instead of feeling like I was all up on my desk. Uh, but there, that, and then there was the problem of the controls with that controller. So I might, next time I play it, I might have to try sitting at my desk and using the mouse and keyboard and see if I get over those control issues. Uh, I need to be eating more. Why am I not eating here? Let's have a carrot. Soggy ass carrot. Ow. I should probably be drinking too, but I haven't really eaten enough. So I'm a little worried about drinking this beer, but fuck it. Uh, so. Yeah, I don't know. I'll try more Dead Space. Um, other than that, would have been playing nothing else really on my PC. Yum 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 yum. Uh, not much on the 360 except for Rock Band. Um, no, just been playing. I'm always playing that, throwing that in, singing some songs. Uh, most recent of which was, uh, okay. So Rock Band three. Uh, I gotta say that I like. Well, I have some disagreements with what they did. Uh, like gameplay progression wise, like how you kind of go through the career and like just certain other things about it i do like that they uh that they basically separated out goals like instead of having to actually do like a career you can just go into a goals area and like focus on certain things so like for instance and a lot of it is procedurally generated by what content you have so for instance i have the lady gaga pack with the four songs um there's a goal there specifically because i have those four songs to five star those four songs so since I had, uh, since I, you know, imported Green Day Rock Band, um, I have goals as, uh, like, five-star all the songs on Green Day Rock Band, and then another one is just complete Green Day Rock Band. So I'm working on those, um, and, uh, yeah, so I sung, like, 20 Green Day songs last night, and, you know, I don't know if, uh, I don't know what it is. I have to sing Green Day a certain way. Like, okay, like, here's another good thing about Rock Band. I used to, when I first started playing it back in Rock Band 1 and even some of Rock Band 2, I, when I would sing, because I like to sing, but I'm not good at it. Um, so when I would sing back then, I had to like sing an octave or whatever, however many octaves higher. Like I had to sing in falsetto, whatever, like a woman's voice. Uh, to speak in a woman's voice, how'd you like that? Um, so I had to sing in, this, in like a woman's voice to hit all the notes. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the correct terms are. I think notes is the right word. <laughs> uh, pitch or whatever. I don't know. Um, so. Yeah, like, I had to do that, and it was embarrassing, but at least I was able to pass songs. Then, as I started playing, once I moved here to Boston, and started playing a lot of Rock Band 2 living here, somewhere along the way, I managed to transition myself to be able to sing a lot more in my own voice, um, which I'm really happy about. I mean, I can only really do it on medium, um, although lately... I've progressed into hard, and there are actually some songs I can sing on expert and pass. Some I can even five star some songs on expert singing in my own voice. So I don't know if Rock Band has actually made me a better singer or like what, but I definitely that makes me feel really good. Um, I still wouldn't want to go out and sing karaoke. Um, and when I go to Rock Band nights, the two times I did sing, I got like 
my ass handed to me by the judges. Um, although I've been, I was told that it was because I was like, you know, other people told me it was because I was drinking, which affected my singing voice. And, you know, it's just a different environment. And there, I was probably also nervous, which was true. Um, but I mean, when I sing here in my room, like, I don't know, I can sing on expert and like hit it very, hit the notes and stuff very well. So I don't know, but uh, what was I saying about that? <laughs> oh, green day singing green day. Um, for them, like to, to sing like, uh, Billy Joe, I have to like, uh, do this weird thing. It's not like, I'm not singing like a woman again, but like I sing in this like weird fake voice thing that like I'm able to hit the notes, but it really hurts. Like I'm like pushing, putting a lot of pressure on my voice or something like that. And you know, I think it ends up making it, 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 it's cool for the game. And I feel like it makes me sound pretty awesome, but it, it hurts. Uh, so yeah, anyway, I played like two hours of that last night. Um, and, uh, I think that's really what I played on my 360. Uh, I'm looking to see if I played anything on my iPhone. I do have a story to tell, but I'm looking to see if I played anything else. Uh, I think I mentioned Street Fighter 4 last week, which I'm, yeah, I did. Um, I got a chance to play it against a friend, and, uh, I guess if you have an iPhone 4, it's really good to play, um, because, like, we play, he has an iPhone 4, I have the iPhone 3GS, and his was running smooth as silk, and mine was definitely lagging up when I was playing against him. I mean, it wasn't, like, it, it wasn't unplayable, but there was de a definite noticeable noticeable difference, and um, yeah. So I mean, again, I'm glad I paid 99 cents for it. I wouldn't pay anything more um, if I had an iPhone 4 and a lot of people played it. I probably would say it's worth it, but yeah. Other than that, I don't know. Um, so what else? Oh, he kicked my ass. By the way, I'm really bad at Street Fighter 4 on the iPhone apparently, and it doesn't have all the characters from regular Street Fighter 4. Uh, there's the one chick that is like the female version of Ken and Ryu. She's a little bit faster, but I think her hits are a little bit weaker. But uh, I like playing as her, and she's not in there. So my my standby is M Bison, but uh, I couldn't get his slide to work. So like, and that's like a major part of my repertoire or whatever when I'm playing as him. Uh, like the slide is pretty powerful and useful, especially for sliding and powering, like you know, gearing up for you know the follow up, uh, like other moves that he does uh like the kick or the uh i don't remember the names of the moves the electric javelin thing anyway uh so i still been playing what else i've been playing i'm playing this disc driving game which i talked about before uh, if you have an iphone you might want to check it out i mean there's a free version d-i-s-c d-r-i-v-i-n apostrophe um disc driving uh it's a free multiplayer turn-based i mean there's a paid version too which is just the free version just ad supported but it's um you know multiplayer turn-based like puck sliding racing game that is a lot of fun um yeah uh i played a game against n sutner from uh you know what is he he works at Sut n sutner i say it like that uh, that's his twitter name or whatever uh nick sutner uh formerly of one up i believe he works at sony now um yeah like played a game of it against him and uh that was enjoyable i think i won i don't know anyway the other thing i want to talk about it, it has to do with the iphone but it's more of a real life thing uh me and my friend the other day we went uh the other days and yesterday um though you don't know what day it is uh we went geocache hunting which for those who don't know what geocaching is it's basically like a real world treasure hunt scavenger hunt whatever you want to call it um so this app that i got called geocaching it's intro to geocaching so it's free there's like a ten dollar version which i'm not really looking to buy uh, for ten dollars <clears throat> if the full version was like five dollars i'd probably buy it but ten dollars is a little steep um what the fuck's happening to my voice i'm like ah more beer hang on Okay, so yeah, uh, so what it is, you basically, if you get the app, whatever, you start up, and for the free one, it, it tells you three geocaches nearby. 
So you pick one. Usually you pick one that's the click like the closest to you. So we did that. We were down in uh, like downtown Boston area. So uh, I found the closest one and we clicked it. And we were like, uh, I think we we're sitting at Starbucks, and I had, I had uh, got the app uh, back on my phone. And I was like, you want to do this? He's like, sure. So we went and did it. Uh, we walked out and like, you, what you need is you need to have a GPS enabled device such as my iPhone 3GS and it'll show you on the maps, uh, Google maps, or whatever, like, so it'll show you like where the general location of the geocache is and you can get a hint and, you know, a description of like the area and things like that. And you can use the compass if you want, although I'm not really good with compass, compass, I compasses. Uh, so I don't really know how they work. I know it's a, I don't know. I, I learned I was in Boy Scouts and stuff, and I learned what a, how a compass worked. But who remembers that shit, really? Um, isn't there like it always supposed to point north or something like that? <laughs> anyway, um, so you know, you kind of just use the map, or at least what we did, we just kind of used the map and the description, and we found our way to the general vicinity, and then we just searched around it, and eventually we came across. Uh, no, okay, what a normal geocache is supposed to be is generally a, from what I know, because this is the first one we've ever found or think we found. Uh, it's supposed to be like a logbook, like maybe like a small notebook or something, and generally you should hopefully have a pen with it so that you can sign and date it when you find it. Um, and then you put it back, you know, for the next person to find. Uh, and this one, we're we're almost positive we found it because it was really weird. It was in the exact area it should have been. What it was, it was like a little keychain thing um, with like a, a hemp rope type thing around it and a couple keys and like a little coach tag. But like it was placed in a spot that was near a plaque that we couldn't read because it was dark. It was nighttime and it had, it was like raining. Uh, we actually were like doing this during a uh, flash downpour here in Boston. So at one point we had to like hide under some alcoves and like wait for the rain to like lighten up a little bit to keep looking. Um, and plus it was like near like kind of a busy road, like a highway area type thing. So like, I don't know, we were like worried what people were going to think, you know, a cop's going to come by and wonder what the hell these two kids are doing out here in hoodies at, at night in the rain, like skulking around. Um, so, but like it was by this plaque that I guess was commemorating something or whatever. And uh, amongst this one tree, there was like this weird little grate thing like wrapped around the tree, uh, like the base of the tree. Um, and then this key thing was hanging over the edge of the grate. And it was in a spot that's like, it's really unlikely that someone happened to lose their key here and in this particular way. And it was left like this. I mean, it looked purposeful. Uh, so we're pretty sure we found the cache, uh, you know, so when you find it, you just click find it on, found it on your phone. It doesn't really like the problem with the app, at least the free one. I don't know what, how, what the differences are with the full one, but it doesn't really give you any further information after you click found it. Like, oh, okay. So this was it. And you did find it or something like that. It's just like, okay, do you want to find another one? Uh, so that was a little disappointing, but, and we, I, I realized after we started walking away, I should have took a picture of it. But it was raining and we were already walking away. So he, I was like, you want to go back to take a picture? And my friend Paul was like, no, fuck it. It's too far. Um, so, but yeah, we felt like we found it. So that was that was fun. And uh, we're going to actually hopefully try to do more of those. Um, and maybe even like hide a few ourselves. Uh, he thought it would be a cool idea if we could really get it to blow up in Boston. Like get this geocache thing like to get, become really popular. He's like, why can't it be like Foursquare or something? Like, you know, where just everybody does it all the time. Um and I was like, well, you know, if we hide things of value, then people will probably actually do that. Uh, I think it's the fact that, you know, it's just kind of right now a uh, a self like congratulatory thing to find a notebook and sign it. Um, I mean, I'm all into it and he seems like he likes it, too. So that, that's pretty cool. But there's probably a lot of people who are like, that's just a waste of time. Uh, Austin and Al, if you're listening, you can probably do a lot of these in New York because I bet you that I bet you there are the most geocaches in New York or at least the most like 
focused centralized geocaches. Uh, so yeah, that's it pretty much for what I've been playing this past week. Uh, Rock Band Night was supposed to be this past week, but it got canceled. Uh, but for those of you coming to PAX East, um, the what is PAX East? Hang on a second. I need the dates. Uh, trying to do dead air, but uh, okay. So PAX East is the 12th through the oh no, the 11th through the 14th. Uh, so March 10th, the day before PAX East, uh, there's going to be a rock band night at, uh, I guess this place called the Brattle Theater. Um, I'm sure you can find information about it, uh, through somebody, uh, who was it? I think, uh, Mr. Pope was tweeting about it. Somebody tweeted about it. Um, but yeah, it's going to be like, you know, the pre PAX East rock band night. So I'm going to be definitely going to that. If you're coming into town for, for PAX East and you're going to be here the Thursday, you know, that Thursday, the night before, uh, you should definitely consider coming out for the rock band night. Cause I mean, these are the harmonics guys throwing this. So, you know, it's going to be a great, great night, good party. Um, if it's anything like the regular rock band nights, you know, that's it's drinking costumes, general assery and a good time. Uh, so yeah, I highly recommend that. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it for all of that. Uh, more beer. I should probably be eating more while I'm drinking this beer. It's early and I haven't eaten like breakfast or anything. So I'm going to get myself drunk real early. And then I'm going to a house party tonight where I'm going to get more drunk. And it's going to be a good day. Uh, yeah. So I guess I'll take a short break. Not really. And uh, move on to, uh, I don't know, is there any news or anything? Hang on. There is something I want to talk about. Um, I feel really weird talking with a carrot in my mouth. I mean, I don't care what Austin... Oh, shit. <laughs> Hang on. You know what the worst feeling in the world is? Maybe not the worst, but it's pretty bad. When you can see food go flying out of your mouth, and then you have no idea where it went to. That always sucks. Um, but, uh, I, I don't know... I don't know where the best place is to check for news, so I'm just gonna go, like... The one, the one ad URL I can remember, news.1up.com. See what they have to say. Um, but uh, the one thing I really did want to talk about was... Oh, shit. There's noise for Two Worlds 2. Can you hear this bullshit? Are you going to play the whole song? Can you stop now? Please don't repeat. Okay. What the fuck? Shut up. Noisy advertisements that you can't turn the volume off on? Worst thing ever. Um, anyway, uh, so, but good advertisements, uh, or trailers or whatever, uh, I wanted to talk about, did, did you guys, people out there, see the, uh, the Dead Island, uh, reveal trailer? Um, it's fucking awesome. I don't want to, like, if you haven't seen the trailer, I, I mean, I'm not, I don't know if you can spoil a trailer, but just go to YouTube and search Dead Island, um, if you have me on Facebook as a friend, I posted it somewhat recently as uh, just a link on Facebook. Um, but, like, it's an incredibly well-done trailer. Uh, definitely the kind of trailer that makes you super psyched for the product that's coming out. Um, you know, maybe me, I'm a little bit of a special, not special case, but, like, you know, I'm susceptible to it because I love zombies. And, uh, you know, like, it, it just seems like it could be, like, a new kind of Dead Rising style game. Um so yeah, like I'm super excited about that. The way they did the trailer is brilliant uh, with the like it's like a chronological mashup of things. Um, and then the music is awesome. Like the the original music to the trailer is awesome. Like when I first saw the trailer, I was like, this just feels like a Lost style trailer. Lost is in the TV show. Um, 
And then people out there, uh, Vinny Caravella from Game, uh, Game from uh, Giant Bomb, uh, matched it up with the song Mad World, and it fit perfectly. And so there's a video of that out there, and it looks really, it, it works really well. And then uh, Patrick Klepek, uh mixed, it, uh, matched it up with uh, an actual Lost song uh, from the Lost soundtrack, and it also works really well. So like, like I've watched the trailer probably like five or six times, uh, some of these mashups and stuff, and I can't get enough of it. It's a, it's a great trailer, and I am super psyched for that game. Um, I hope to see more of it. Maybe I'll get lucky, and there'll be some stuff about it at, at PAX East. Um, but yeah, I hope to see more about it soon. Apparently, it's been long in development. Uh, I think it was Alex Navarro was tweeting that he had seen the game at maybe an E3 or something a long time ago, and it didn't seem anything like... It didn't seem like it was anything special, and you know this. It didn't from the trailer that they released now. What he had saw before it didn't seem like it was going in this direction. But um, he even sounds like it, it, it. It's looking good, and uh, you know, like it's something to keep an eye on. So that that was really awesome. I highly recommend viewing that trailer. Um, so I'm seeing if there's any good news. Uh, there's going to be a King's Quest reboot. Oh, that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, so Telltale is announced some new stuff coming out. Um, obviously, uh, you know they're gonna be working on uh, what is it? They're working on a Jurassic Park game. They're working on a Walking Dead game, uh, a Fables game. Um, which I think Fables is a comic book. Um, just want to make sure on that one. Um, man, Jurassic Park's gonna be awesome. Telltale is fucking awesome. Yeah, okay, so Fables is a comic series. Um. <clears throat> Excuse me, um, but yeah, so they're working on all that, and another they're, they announced that they're going to be doing a King's Quest series. Like, uh, apparently, going to be an episodic thing, which is fucking awesome. Because uh, I was just talking earlier about how I love those quest games. Sierra was definitely like my go-to for point-and-click adventure games, um, and not that I didn't like the LucasArts ones. Like I said, yeah. Anyway, so uh, so yeah, they're doing King's Quest stuff. They announced Puzzle Agent Two, which you know I don't know it was a, last week or the week before. I was raving about Puzzle Agent and how I was so disappointed there wasn't going to be a second one. So now they're going to be now there's going to be a second one. I highly recommend that people go play that game, especially if you like the Layton games, um, because like even though I said that the it ends in a way that does kind of have it in a self-contained, um, like it ends in a way that could actually be a good ending. Uh, the fact that it will continue is it's great news. So I'm super psyched about that. And you know, kudos to Telltale for like just like pumping out all these amazing like episodic adventure products uh i definitely want to get around to playing uh back to the future at some point but i'm still working my way through sam and max i actually got to get back into it i kind of stopped on uh, I'm, I'm on episode four of the first series i think it's abe lincoln must die or whatever and you know life stuff happened and like i've just been doing other things writing and whatnot so like at some point i got to get back to it because i want to work through those uh and um strong bad is telltale right that's not the hothead that's not hothead is it um I know I have Tales of Monkey Island, which I got to go through, which is Telltale. Uh, who did Strong Bad? Was it? Now I'm confused. I don't remember. Okay, yeah, it was Telltale. Okay. Uh, so yeah, and then I got Strong Bad, the episode of Strong Bad games, which you know, to gear up for those, I was starting to watch all the Strong Bad stuff on uh, HomestarRunner.com or whatever the site is. I believe that's it. Um, and I got to get back to watching those again. I don't know why. I feel like I can do it to play the game. I feel like I'm pretty familiar with Strong Bad's character, but I'm worried there might be like you know, more recent inside jokes in the game that, like, I stopped, you know, last time I watched Strong Bad, aside from just recently, was, like, God, I can't even think, like, six years, maybe more or so ago. Um, I don't remember when it started, but it was a long-ass time ago. I think it was, like, you know, when Trogdor was new, uh, 
was when I watched Strong Bad. So, um, yeah. Uh, what else? Anything else good? Um, me and my friend Paul we were walking around yesterday. We walked into uh, the Sony Style store in you know in downtown Boston in the Prudential Mall. For those who know what it is, um, and uh, someone was playing Bulletstorm, and I I, I mean. I don't know. Like, I haven't really been following that game. Is there like a hook or you know a catch to that game that makes it worth playing? Because from what I saw, from the like, I mean, okay, I only glanced at it for five minutes, and some guy wasn't playing it too well, but it seemed fairly generic. Um, so I don't know about that game. Um, let's see, Bungie's next game, an MMO FPS named Destiny. Um, okay, MMO FPSs don't work very well. Uh, yeah, I hope hopefully it does. You know. Because it'd be nice to have other MMOs besides your typical sword and fantasy stuff. Um, hmm. So I don't think there's really much else in news. Seems to be a lot of 3DS stuff. Um, I'm, oh no, dead air. I, I should take a drink. Ah. Ah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe news.1up.com isn't the best source for news anymore. Or there's just nothing really going on. Um. I saw something about Catherine, and uh, I'm interested in that game. Uh, oh, what's this? Vote on games for Smithsonian Video Game Art Exhibition. The, our American Art Museum will feature an ex exhibit on the art of video games for part of 2012. Um, let me read the little brief thing here. So, the Smithsonian has been planning an exhibition on the art of video games since December 2009. It's still more than a year away, blah, 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 blah. Gamers can vote on what 80 games they believe should be featured. The exhibition is to take place at the American Art Museum located in Washington, D.C. from March 16th. 2012 through September 30th, 2012. It will be comprised of works from five different eras spanning the 70s, always up to the present generation. One aspect of it will be an exploration of the many influences on game designers and the pervasive presence video games have in the broader popular culture. With new relationships to video art, film and television, educational practices, and professional skill training. It will also feature video interviews and developers and artists, blah, 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 blah. So, I don't know where, I get, and there's probably, if I read, read the full story, it'll probably tell me where I can go vote on stuff, but, uh, you know, off the top of my head, if I'm thinking about video game art, um, just something I would think that would could have a place in there is uh, the art of Grand Theft Auto because it definitely the characters in that game and you know especially with, like the marketing material you can see it like it has a very specific art style that when you see it you know it's Grand Theft Auto and I don't know I think it's a striking visual style um, that you know maybe it doesn't have I don't know if it has an uh, effect on pop culture or anything but I feel like. If people saw it that had a vague idea about video games, they might recognize it as art from that series. Um, or maybe it's just like a rock star style. I don't know. Um, but the picture they show here is uh, for the, you know, the, the news post is a Halo picture. I'm, I'm not sure if this is from Reach or whatever, but it's, you know, a, a Spartan or possibly Master Chief inside one of those energy bubbles that you could throw down um, and a uh, overturned Warthog in the distance and some like laser things. I mean, the picture itself looks kind of cool. I'll admit that. But that's the one thing I'd be worried about is that it's going to be all like, we want Halo and Call of Duty and Madden in the art exhibit. Because, you know, Madden. Yeah. Um, oh, here's an interesting story. I don't know if it's interesting, but Felicia Day is going to be doing a new web series based on Dragon Age. And, um, yeah, she's hot. Uh, something about redhead chicks, man. Anyway, um, yeah, drinking too much, I guess. Um all right, so I'm going to stop looking at this. Oh, Double Fine's making a Sesame Street game for Connect. That's fucked up and kind of awesome. Um, I really got to stop looking. Was I going to say something about Catherine? Oh, yeah, I was. Uh, that I 
want Giant Bomb to do, maybe not an endurance run, but at least a playthrough. I guess it would still be an endurance run, but like they don't have to split it up. I just want them to do a playthrough of the game because I really want to see the story. Um, but I'm not going to play the game. Um, oh, Mirror's Edge 2 development stopped uh, as a report on here. Um, I don't know what the story I'm not going to read it because I'm lazy. Uh, but if Mirror's Edge 2 was in development and then canned, uh, that is sad, denning, Pete sad. Love Mirror's Edge. That is another great game. Um, and that's one that like I didn't even care about the story. I love that for its gameplay, even though it had a story. Um, oh man, that really sucks if that never comes out. All right, so I'm going to stop looking at news stuff. Um, I'm going to jump over to Twitter because I could have a topic to talk about. Well, how long am I going here? I'm only at 36 minutes. Man, I got plenty of time. And um, I'm going to, if I can find it, I want to steal a topic to talk about uh, from Doc Brown from Gaming the Media. Because uh, he said, I'm logging into uh, Twitter here. Don't steal my password. Um, if I even did the right password. Okay. Uh, he said, so he posted something semi recently that I thought would have been a great topic for the podcast. And since I'm the only one on here, I guess I should just, you know, talk about it. Um, Let's see if I can find it here. Um, he tweets a lot, so uh, blah blah blah, talking about stuff, retweets. Um, oh man, I forgot Twitter's stupid, and I can't see very far down on this thing. Oh god, why does it do that? All right, I'm gonna have to open it up on my phone because at least I can see. I think I can see more tweets that way. Um, Man, I don't understand Twitter. It's really stupid. Like, I mean on the PC. Like, I don't ever use it on the PC anymore. I'm always using it on my phone. Um, hey, someone at-tweeted me. Uh, nothing about podcast stuff, though. So it's not important. Um, so wait. Now I got to find Doc Brown here. Blah, 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 blah. How, what, how do I do this? <laughs> I know how to do this, but now I'm all confused. I should eat more. Um, here, let's have another carrot because that's what's right in front of me. Ow. This is seriously going to be like the best episode ever. I'm just saying. Okay. So let's see if I can find it now. Um, he was talking about King's Bounty. Oh, he was talking about Michael Pactor, But I think it was before that. Come on. Come on. I really should have had this ready. Because I knew I was going to want to talk about it. And it would have been smart for me to have it ready. I was on such a good roll. Um, with, you know, not the dead air. He's talking a lot about King's Bounty. I think... That's the game that uh that um whatchamacallit, uh Tycho from Penny Arcade was really pimping and I was I tried a demo for it on Steam and thought it was alright, but I couldn't really understand it. And I think that's what he's saying in here. Um is basically that uh you know, like it takes a while to really get into it, but that once you do, it, it can really suck you in or something like that. So the problem is he tweets so much that I think this thing was a couple days ago. Man, damn you Doc Brown. Really should have sent that tweet to myself. So how's everybody doing out there? I really wish I would have been able... Like, I wish I had the time to play Minecraft because I'm really interested in it. Um, sorry, I'm talking and reading at the same time. Um, but, uh, beer. Oh, I have a story I can talk about while I'm trying to find this, if I'm able to talk and read at the same time. Um, I went and saw a screening, like, uh, I, I don't know if... It, I guess it's considered a test screening of uh, Hall Pass, um, which is this new, like, movie coming out with Owen Wilson, and uh, it's basically, like... What it is the the premise is that he's married and his really his marriage is having some problems so his wife uh 
gives him a hall pass, which basically is a week off of marriage. Um, and, uh, you know, he's allowed to basically do what he wants. So when his friends get together and try to go get laid, uh, when I was told the premise of the story and the friend who invite, by the friend who invited me to go see the movie, I was in my head, I'm like, Oh my God, this movie sounds terrible. Uh, I'm not going to enjoy it. Um, and I was going to like possibly go do something else, but since I had nothing else to do, I went and saw the movie, which I felt really bad about. Cause you know, I was invited by this person. Um, but then I was glad I went because I didn't realize it was a I don't know how to pronounce their name, I'm probably gonna mispronounce it Fairly Brothers movie, who, you know, they wrote uh, you know, movies like Dumb and Dumber and Something About Mary, uh, amongst other movies, and like those two specifically are like are great movies in my opinion. I I'm a big fan of Dumb and Dumber. Um and uh Oh, this was it. Okay, so I got the tweet. I'm gonna leave it there. So I'm gonna talk about that later. Um but uh, yeah, so it was made, it was a Fairly Brothers movie, and so like even before I really, really realized that, like the movie started, and it, you know their names probably popped up, and I didn't even think about it. But then as the movie was going, I was like, you know, this movie kind of really, it's actually, I was like, it's really enjoyable as I'm watching it, and then I was like, it kind of reminds me about something about Mary for some reason. Maybe it's the pacing, the way the humor is presented. I don't know, but I just got that feeling. And at the end, you know, they came out into the theater, into this Boston theater. Uh, which I guess is like, you know, it's a big theater in Boston. It's the Boston Common AMC. Um, so it might be, I guess, probably like the most important or whatever, like theater in this area. Uh, but yeah, so they came out and did a and a with, you know, us in the audience. Uh, uh, Peter and Bobby Farrelly, the writers, which is in, like, that's crazy. I've never had that happen before. Um, and by two people that I actually res like respect their writing and have enjoyed the, some of their stuff. Like that, that was like a great treat for me. So they came out and, you know, people asked questions and like a lot of, some of it was like very like specific stuff, which, you know, you hear about, like, I can't think of stuff off the top of my head. Um, some guy actually didn't even ask a question. He was talking about how he liked the British character in the movie, but the movie made him feel very emasculated. And that was it. That was, He didn't even ask a question. So, like, you know, it's the kind of stuff, like, you hear about people, like, at press events or whatever, uh, like, asking, like, or, like, a developer event, like, does this game have multiplayer? What guns are in the game? You know, stupid questions like that. And there was, like, a lot of questions like that asked, which were annoying. And then, um, you know, there were some good questions, though. And then at the end, like, when there was one question left to be asked... Uh, the only person who raised her hand was this girl who had already asked a question earlier and it wasn't a very good question. So I raised my hand and I asked him a question. Uh, I basically asked, like, I mean, mine was more of a generic question, so it's not like the best question either, but I asked them uh, what specifically got them into screenwriting. Like, because, okay, the way I worded it was that as a writer who's played around with different forms of writing uh, from journalism to critiquing to novelization to screenplays and stuff like that, what, where along the way did they decide that screenplay writing was correct for them? Um, and Peter Farrelly gave me a very like, you know, sincere answer. I mean, it ultimately for him, it only ultimately came down to financial reasons, money, because he said, you know, that he's been working on a novel for like 10 years and he started out trying to write novels and he was like, well, why am I doing this? You know, it's all this work and you barely make any money. Um, but he's like, you know, a screenplay you can bang out in a couple months and if you sell it, you're, you know, it's, you it can do very well. Um, which I respectfully disagree with him. Uh, I mean, maybe I don't understand the financial, you know, aspects of it. And, uh, you know, Gary Witt is a good example of this because, you know, he was a game journalist that, you know, wrote a screenplay, sold it, and probably made quite a bit of money off of it. Uh, but from when I heard him talk about screen, Gary Witt talking about screenplay writing, you know, 
he didn't just write book of Eli. He said he wrote like 10 or more like screenplays. Uh, and that like, you know, it wasn't easy, but he needed to have like all this other stuff. Like, cause you can't just try to sell one screenplay. Cause when you go in to speak to studio execs or whoever you're trying to sell it to, they'll be like, okay, what else you got? Um, so you need to have like all these other things that you can try to sell too. Uh, so, you know, maybe you can bang out one screenplay in like a month or so, but you need to bang, maybe bang out a lot more than that. Um, so, you know, uh, so anyway, yeah, you know, he answered that question. Bobby didn't really answer it. Uh, the, the MC or whatever you call the guy that was actually, you know, like kind of like controlling everything, you know, guiding everything along, uh, cut after Peter answered it, he kind of cut it off and, you know, thanked them for coming. And, uh, you know, that was basically it. And then, you know, uh, we were, you know, everyone was exiting the building. Um, so, uh, I wanted to go over and shake Peter and Bobby's hands. Uh, and like, they were kind of like in an area that wasn't easy to just walk around and get to. And other people were waiting to have them like sign stuff and whatever. And I didn't want to have them sign anything. I'm not like, I don't really care about having people sign stuff usually. Um, unless I like have a good thing for them to sign. Like when I met Jeff Gersman at a rock, cause he came to a rock band night. I had him sign my giant bomb hoodie because it's a limited edition giant bomb hoodie. And I had it with me. I wouldn't have him sign like something random. Um, so, uh, I mean, I'm more of just, if I meet a celebrity that especially someone that I like, I just, you know, want to shake their hand and say hi. Um, and, uh, so yeah, like, uh, I went down to like, go do that. And then the, the movie theater people, whatever, were like, you know, people got to start moving toward the exit, you know, like if they, if they want to sign and talk to you guys, they'll do it outside, uh, which was really kind of rude. And the guy was just being kind of a dick, but, um, like, so as people started leaving, like Bobby, actually, Bobby Farrelly will actually start to walk past me. So I just liked him. I was like, yeah, hey, man, my, I, was, I, I didn't say, hey, man, but I was like, do you mind if I shake your hand? And he was like, of course. So, you know, shook his hand and I thanked him for the movie and stuff like that. And that was that. And I hope I stole some of his talent by shaking his hand. Um, so, yeah, like that was an awesome night for me, um, you know, despite however, despite my own writing abilities, whatever, I like to consider myself a writer and like getting to meet other writers and listen to them talk is like, that's awesome to me. So, uh, that was a great night. Um, and, uh, I'm glad I ultimately went to the movie that I originally thought was going to suck. And then just for the record, just so everyone knows, like I, re I recommend going to see this movie. Um, it, I mean, maybe it's not necessarily one you have to see in the theaters cause you know, movies are expensive and this was a, I got to go to this screening for free. Uh, so maybe it's not worth 10 or however many dollars you have to pay. I mean, I think it's like $12 here in Boston for a movie ticket at this point. Um, so yeah, it's probably not worth that amount of money. I mean, I mean, yeah, that just, I don't know that, that movie prices are ridiculous, but that's a whole nother story. Uh, but at some point I do highly recommend seeing it and not overlooking it like, uh, or just brushing it off. Like I was pretty much doing, um, I know, uh, that, you know, Peter and Bobby have written some not good movies. Um, but this one I think is, is pretty good. Uh, so yeah. Okay. So that's, that my, that's my side story. Um, and let me bring up the, okay. So here's doc Brown's post or Twitter tweet. Uh, and uh, since I'm reading it, I'm going to pimp him. You know, if you want to follow this guy on Twitter, it's at doc Brown, D O C B R O W N underscore G T M stands for gaming the media, I believe. Um, what do I, mean? I, I know <laughs> anyway. So his post was, <clears throat> uh, he put basically, Hmm, bad game design question mark. It's frustrating to be playing. I don't know what game he's talking about, but here's the important part. It's frustrating to be playing a title and honestly have no idea what I should be doing to succeed. Um, and I thought this was really interesting because there are games like that where, you know, you start playing and you do have no idea what it is that you're supposed to be doing to progress or, you know, what the developers are looking for from you. Um, 
And a, a couple examples I can think of are, uh, I guess, on the top of my head. Um, let me see here. Like he's talking, to, I, he might be talking about King's Bounty in there, which you know was my problem when I played the demo. It was just like I wasn't sure what I was supposed to do. Um, but uh, like obviously, good examples from my own past are point and click adventure games. Going to go back to that, you know, beat that dead horse. Um, I think I'm gonna change up what I'm eating because I don't want any more carrots right now, and I have these M and M's, so I'm gonna eat some M and M's. Oh, that's a handful of M and M's. In case you're wondering, peanut M and M's are definitely my favorite. Okay, so, uh, what the fuck? Um, point and click adventures. These are kind of like the stereotypical, not sure what you're supposed to fucking do thing. I mean, this might not be entirely related to what he's saying because i feel like his is more of a like uh ex like explain explanative explanative whatever explanatory <laughs> what the fuck um but i think his is more like you know like the game doesn't do a good job of explaining like what you should just do not like it's not like it's a puzzle that you can't figure out um or that's illogical it's just like the game's not like being clear about okay you need to go in this you need to head in this direction next like a game like uh, Half-Life 2 is a good example of a game that directs you without actually directing you. It's very rare that you get lost in a corner or, like, backtrack or something like that. Um, you know, it's still open enough. Uh, you think of, a, I think of, like, specifically, like, uh, what the hell's the name of that place? Oh, fuck. Um, Ravenholm. I think of Ravenholm and how it's, like, kind of like a town, but you're still funneled. And they're, like, you can kind of go multiple paths, but you're still funneled in a way. So it's really... Like, I don't know, it feels like it's intuitive and you're controlling yourself, you're doing it on your own, but, you know, the developers are behind the scenes pushing you. Um, but that's the best way is that you don't feel that. It just happens naturally, organically. Um, so I think that's what he's kind of talking about is when that kind of falls apart because the developers aren't pushing you properly and you get lost because they're, I don't know, maybe relying you're relying too much on your own. Like, um, maybe he was talking about Stalker. Was it him that was talking about Stalker? that he didn't like the end of it because it was like butt hard or something for him. Um, cause that's a game I can imagine it happening in where it's like stalker is, I haven't played it, but from what I know about it, it's too wide open. Like you really don't know what you're supposed to go do. You just go and wander and hope that you're hitting the right areas. Um, in a way, oblivion was kind of like this, like, you know, it tried to direct you, but really it was like almost too open and you could easily wander in a spot. You're not supposed to be in and just get slaughtered. And, that could be a game breaker depending on the way you save games, auto saves, things like that. Uh, you could really get fucked. Uh, um, Bethesda fixed that with Fallout 3 where um, – no, wait, no, no. Never mind. I'm, I'm reversing it. Oblivion scaled with you. You couldn't get fucked. Uh, although it was like you really – even though you could go anywhere you were in the story, like Fallout 3 is the one where – like. They're doing a good job of directing you, but you are still able to wander where you want want to go. Um, and even though they're trying to direct you, the I don't know. Fallout Three is a weird one. Okay, like maybe I'm not going to be able to explain this really well. They present you with this world that you want to explore, but then give you this very structured storyline. Like, okay, go here, go here, go here. You know, you're looking for your father. Go do this. And then originally the game was that when you did that, bam, it ended, and you couldn't even keep going. So they had to patch that in later. Um. But, you know, you have this open world that you want to explore and you could incidentally run across other quests in that world. 
Um, but it's very easy to miss quests too, just based on where you explore. And then there are sections of the world where just if you go there too early, you will just get slaughtered. Uh, I remember wandering north and going to this town where there were all these death claws. And, you know, like I felt that I was there. I wanted to explore it. I wasn't going to retreat and just wander away because I couldn't defeat these things. So I like was this was uh, way back when I first started playing it, like when it first came out. Um, I remember that I kept plugging away like uh, killing one, uh, you know, saving. If I died, I'd reload. And like it was just an arduous and tedious task. But like I wanted to explore that area. Um, so I don't know. Anyway, this is like completely going off the topic. Uh, so anyway, yeah, like, but I was thinking about point, like when he, when he brought up that thing about, you know, things not, uh, not sure what to do. Like I thought about point and click adventure games and how like there are logical puzzles and that can be a game breaker because if the developer, you know, in a game like that, you have no help. I mean, back, back when there was like, <clears throat> it wasn't super easy to, there weren't really built in hint, hint systems and it wasn't like the internet wasn't around back then. So you can just get online and find answers. Um, so like, you know, it wasn't as easy to just get information. Um, I mean, and nowadays, like even if a game, like, again, I think he's talking more about like explanatory stuff. Uh, if you run into a problem like that, you can go online and find forms. And usually there's someone has a solution to whatever your problem is, but you shouldn't really have to like the developers should take some responsibility to make sure that their player can get through their game without it being a like struggle on that end, you know, you want it to be a struggle in terms of like skill and things like that, like to make it challenging, or whatever, but you don't want to just be like, I don't know what to do and this is making me mad. So I'm going to play something that's not going to piss me off. Um, drink time. What time am I at? Oh, I'm coming up on an hour. So this is a good episode. Okay. So anyway, uh, so yeah, like the, another game that I was thinking of that's kind of like this is, uh, amnesia, like from the demo I played. Okay, Amnesia is a great game from the demo I played. I will say that. And I did buy it. Uh, even though it's super fucking scary and I'm probably never going to actually be able to play it unless I have somebody here to play it with. Because uh, there's certainly no I'm going to play it alone. Even in daylight, because it's fucking scary. But I remember playing the demo and, you know, this is a game that you're meant to try to figure out. When you come across creatures, you're supposed to figure out on your own how to surmount these, you know, like, unbeatable odds of these creatures that are just going to easily destroy you and you really have no way to fight back and from the demo i played like i felt like it wasn't clearly explained like how to go about getting around things like the very first creature that i came upon i just lucked out by running randomly through doors and happened to get to another section so like I felt like that wasn't me figuring something out. That was just me getting lucky and, you know, the game not being very well presented there. But then later on in the demo, the next creature that I came across or, you know, the next monster, demon thing, whatever it is, uh, it was very clear cut what you were supposed to do. There was, you know, water that if you stood on, this invisible creature would come and kill you. And there were crates clearly lined up that you can jump on to stay out of the water. Um, so, you know, that was very clear cut, whereas the first creature was... I just randomly ran. Um, so, you know, maybe that's what he's talking about. This is something I'd really like to hopefully... I wish Austin and Al were here, and maybe we can talk about it some more next week, because maybe they have better examples of games like this, and I think this is a good topic to talk about. Um, and maybe it'll, uh, maybe I'll think of more stuff for next week. Um, but yeah. Uh, so I guess I'll, I'll start wrapping up. Um, I'm going to jump on Steam real quick and see if anybody's on. Be like, hey, anything you want to say to the uh, to the studio audience? Um, and nah, never mind. I'm gonna sign back off. <laughs>
All right. So we'll end that. Um, any funny sounds I can play or anything? I do this stuff all the time when it's not wanted or warranted. And now that I can do whatever I want, I, I ain't got nothing. <laughs> all right. Whatever. I'll just end it. Um, oh, here. I'll play this because this music is awesome. Super Soviet Missile Master. For, this is something I played with in maybe within the past week. Uh, Super Soviet Missile Master from the Behemoth, which is a uh, mini game. In, oh shit, that's loud. Uh, it's a mini game from Alien Hominid, uh, and it's actually I think one of the best uh, mini games. I talk about it in my very first episode I ever did of uh, Game Slaves Radio, um, which was also a solo episode and probably a lot worse than this one, or maybe better. Who knows? Um, but uh. What it is is it's so it's a mini game and they put it out on the iPhone for free. Uh, I don't know if it's on Droids or whatever, uh, but it's on the iPhone. And uh, so, for you, you, what you are, if you don't know, you're a missile. It's really blocky, like Atari graphics. Um, like so, you're a missile flying from. You're on the left side of the screen and you're just flying the screen scrolling, you know, whatever. And you're trying to avoid getting hit by helicopters and birds and planes, and you're trying to hit the USA. Um, and, uh, you know, like it starts out, it's a very short distance to the, uh, to America. And then it, every time you, uh, you know, pass a level, the distances get longer. Um, they put leaderboards and game center support in the, uh, in the iPhone version. And, um, so that makes it really cool. I mean, there's leaderboards and stuff in, in the, uh, 360 version alien hominid too with this. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I really like this game. Every time you hit America, there's a little Russian dude doing a little arm flail yay thing. Um, I mean, the graphics are crap. The music is awful, but it's super fun and just like, I don't know. It's a, it's a really good game. Um, I haven't died yet and I'm doing fairly well, so I kind of don't want to stop. I don't know if there's a pause button. Hang on a second. When I hit America again, I'll see if I can find the pause button. Can I pause this? Pause. Oh shit, I'm gonna die. I'm just, yeah, I'll just close out the game and we'll see if it starts back up when I start it up. Okay, so I'm gonna end this. Um, what can you do? You can uh, email questions and stuff, and uh, you know if you want to respond to anything I asked during this episode, or yeah, I should probably chug the rest of this beer before I finish this episode. Hang on, I can't chug. Hang on, I got a little bit more. Well, I'm well, I'm letting that beer settle for a second. Um, yeah. So you can email us at uh, mailbag at trygames.net. You can spell it M-A-L-E-B-A-G, like you know, like a a ball sack, because that's funny. Um, everyone loves balls. <laughs> uh, or uh, regular M-A-I-L-B-A-G at trygames t-r-i-g-a-m-e-s dot net. Um. And what else can you do? You can follow us on Twitter. I am uh, twitter.com slash Riven, R-Y-V-V-N. Uh, Al is twitter.com dredmage, or dredmage, D-R-E-D-M-A-G-E. Uh, Austin, I forget if it's with a zero. So you gotta, I'm pretty sure it is, but you got to give me a second because I want to make sure. I don't want to get wrong. Oh, man, it's always hard to tell. I'm pretty sure it's Mr. Chupon without a zero this time. So it's M-R-C-H-U-P-O-N. Um, He's got a picture of uh, a little dude wearing a mecha shirt. I don't know if this is from like an indie RPG or something. Um, not sure where that's from, but you 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 would know if it's him. 
So follow us on Twitter. We all tweet fairly regularly. Well, maybe not Al. Um, but when we do tweet, it's totally worth reading. Uh, and I'm going to finish this beer. Hang on. Oh, here comes a big one. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> See, drinking beer when you haven't eaten, it can affect you. Follow me on Twitter and follow us on Twitter and Facebook me. Uh, what is it? Facebook.com slash Riven. You could probably find me at. Um, those are the two places that are the best places to find me. Uh, for PAX East, I want to talk about that in, for a quick second. Hang on. God damn it. I left like one little tiny sip in there. Hang on. Mm. One thing about beer, I hate the bottom of it. There's only one beer I can drink and not hate the bottom of, and that's Labatt Blue. I don't know why, but it tastes good all the way through. Every other beer I've had, once I get towards like the like last quarter or so, it just for some reason tastes nasty. Um, so PAX East, uh, coming up in a couple weeks. Um, I'm sure we're doing another episode before then. What, what do we got? How many weeks we got? We got one. We got two weeks before PAX East, uh, where we will definitely um, at least do one episode, if not two, I would assume. Um, I'm waiting for that burp to come. It's going to be huge. I don't want you to miss it. <laughs> that is all. That's what he said. Um, God damn it. If I like puke on my microphone, that'd be pretty funny. Um, <laughs> this is a great ending to this podcast. Waiting for Pete to burp. Fuck. Burp. Fuck. That's probably not enjoyable for the girl. Um, I bet as soon as I stand up, it'll just like be like, okay. So PAX East, we'll probably do a couple more episodes. But my point was that if you're coming to PAX East, um, I've already had people tell me that listen to this show that they're coming to PAX East and they want to like, you know, meet up. And so if you're coming to PAX East, you should uh, bring some sort of phone <laughs> implement. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> don't drink without food. Seriously, it's not good. Kids, don't drink if you're not 21 at all. Or if you do, if you're under 21 but over 18 and you're a hot female, I'll hook you up with some good alcohol. Um, Pax East, if you're coming and you have a phone with Twitter on it, follow any of us on Twitter and let us know where you're at. You'll be, I'll be tweeting constantly throughout Pax East. So you'll pretty much know where I am at all times. Uh, so if you want to come say hi, uh, or, you know, I don't know, punch me cause you hate the way I talk or something. Uh, that's cool too. Just, you know, find me and, you know, be like, yo, what's up? And you'll be like, fuck you. And I'll be like, okay. Um, if you're a hot girl, uh, or even if you're a mediocre girl, just no ugly girls. Not, I'm not into ugly girls. Um, so, yeah, come to PAX East and hang out. And um, I'll be going to the, the – I don't know why I'm just going to really talk about PAX East now. Uh, I'm going to be going to the Friday night concert. I'm a little annoyed that the Giant Bombcast is not the same fucking time as the concert. Uh, but I went to the concerts last year, and this Friday night concert is going to be about basically the same. Last year it was Anamanaguchi, Proto Men, Metroid Metal, and uh, MC Frontalot. And this year it's the same except no Anamanaguchi, which sucks. But last year's went really long, uh, so that's probably why they cut Anamanaguchi, or they, Anamanaguchi might just be doing something else somewhere else at that time. Uh, but either way, like I'm into those other three bands, and you know I love the concert last year, and I'm definitely going again this year. I might not go to the Saturday show, because as much as I like Paul and Storm and Jonathan Colton, I can do without them, especially if there's other stuff going on, like possibly a lot of drinking Saturday night. Um, there'll probably be a lot of drinking every night, but you know Boston, things close early, and... The, if the concert goes late Friday night, then there might not be drinking. But, uh, yeah, Saturday night, definitely. Um, so, yeah, like hang out and stuff. And 
hopefully I'll see you there. And I guess we'll all see you next week or talk to you next week. So for Al, hey, man, I'm not here. That's my really bad Al impression. And for Austin, hey, I'm not here. That's a really bad Austin impression. I don't even know what the fuck that was. But I've been your only person speaking today, Pete, and I'm out. <laughs>